Proverbs designed to encourage stewardship, the proper use of valuable resources, whether it be time, talents, money, natural resources, or anything else that God has deemed fit to give us according to his grace. They also are good rules for one to follow throughout life, especially for Christians. Christ taught his disciples an important lesson in stewardship after he miraculously fed 5,000 people. He had taken five loaves of bread and two small fishes, blessed and had his disciples distribute them to people. Not only did they have enough food to stay quiet and satisfy the hunger of every person present, but also they had plenty of leftovers. He instructed his disciples to gather the leftovers so that nothing would be wasted. They gathered 12 baskets full of leftovers. A steward is someone who has been entrusted with something and is expected to take care of it, even improve upon it, until the owner calls for it again. Perhaps a modern day example of how you understand exactly what a steward is expected to do. So let's talk about that for a minute. So we said a steward, can you read that definition of steward again for me? In that last paragraph. A steward is someone who has been entrusted with something and is expected to take care of it. So we see here that Jesus in, in the feet of the 5,000, which was 5,000 men, but was probably up to 20 or 25,000, he cares about stewardship. And each and every one of us were giving a gift for us to steward. Uh, and so you got to look at yourself and ask yourself, how am I stewarding my gifts? Now, let's talk about that uh, miracle of the 5,000. I'll read it again. It says that... Uh, these statements are examples of Proverbs designed to encourage stewardship, the proper use of valuable resources. You have to understand that you are a valuable resource. Um, can someone give me of themselves what makes them resourceful? What, what resource do you provide? We see Africa uh, is a good resource of, of, of great gems, diamonds, gold, all that kind of stuff. Other countries are great resources of fruits and vegetables. But look inside yourself. <clears throat> what do you guys would deem that makes you resourceful? What resource do you provide? Think about it. That's a good question to ask. What, what kind of resources do you provide? Hmm? So the context is this. Um, we talked about how um, it says right here, um, these statements are examples of Proverbs designed to encourage stewardship, the proper use of valuable resources. So my question is, what valuable resource do you provide as a person full of abundance, full of resource that people can, when Christ breaks it and blesses it, can be a distributed people for the blessing of their souls? It's a good question to think about. But see, inside of you right now is so many resources. Right now, I am in abundance of words. I'm a wordsmith. I got words inside of me. I could take one word, break it down 50 different ways. I'm a resource. I'm a resource of encouragement. I'm a resource of, a resource of, of joy. I'm a resource of, of understanding. I, I have an abundance of it. So when God comes and, and I'm a valuable resource and he breaks it and then blesses it and then bestows it upon people, that's an essential formula to understand. Why do you think God breaks first? He breaks the resource. He broke the bread he broke, I don't know if he broke the fish, but he broke the meal. Why is breaking important? Breaking. 
See, God, when he breaks us, it's not for us to think that he is hurting us. He's breaking off of us all the things that will cause not to be the right resource. Now, for instance, pumpkin seeds. Um, there's a seed inside of a casing, so I have to break the casing to get to the seed. Uh, olive oil has to be uh, squished for olive oil. Olives have to be squished for olive oil. Coal has to be pressed and, uh, and squeezed in order for there to be diamonds. So in order for something to really get the premium pure resource out of it, it has to be broken first. The issue is we've already came broken. We already came bruised. We already came. So God has to break that outer shell of sin nature, place his spirit inside of us so that when he blesses the gift now, it can be bestowed to so many people to feed them. The thing is, I think a lot of us are too nervous or afraid to be in the hands of a God that wants to break you, a God that wants to break that issue, break that addiction, break that lust, break that pride, break that arrogance. He wants to break it so that he can bless what's in it and multiply it, right? And so this statement are examples of Proverbs designed to encourage stewardship. The proper use of valuable resources, whether it be time, talents, money, natural resources, or anything else that God has deemed fit, to give us according to his grace. So this race that God has given us, he is giving us a specific amount of grace for this race. Now, think about this. If you're running a race that God doesn't want you to run, there won't be a sufficient amount of grace for that particular path. That's why it's important to be where God wants you to be so that when you're running the race, you're not running in vain. How many people have you noticed, aunties, uncles, mamas, daddies, friends, yourself, that you started a race and you got tired because there was no grace for that race and you was doing something that God never intended because you have to understand that you are a valuable resource. This week, I want you to start thinking about what makes you, what type of resource are you? Because if you don't know your resource, if you don't know what type of resource you provide, how will you know uh, or how will you uh, um, see uh, uh, a benefit of plugging into the source? Who's the source? How does God source us? What type of stuff does he, does he source to the resource? That's why you have to know what your resource is. My, what makes me resourceful are my words and all the stuff that I listed, right? So if I know that my words is a resource, like corn, like, like, like beef, like, like whatever other natural resources, gold, uh, olives, whatever resource is, then I would know that I have to give this to the source for him to break it and to bless it. Because I don't want my words not to be broken. I want my words to be broken by God so it can be multiplied, so that he can bless it, so that when I speak, it's anointed. That's why you got to start thinking about what am I supposed to do? And I'm going to ask the question again, so that you got some insight a little bit. What type of resource are you? What do you provide? What are you going to provide the world that when God breaks it and then blesses it and then distributes it through people, it will reach 25,000 plus people causing you to be successful? What's your resource? Athleticism, academics, uh, you good with numbers, you good with words. Uh, think about that. <clears throat> Because a lot of people, if you don't know what your resource is or what you're going to be good at, how will you steward it? How will you take care of it? That's why I talked about last night to the 16, 18-year-olds at church. I said, man, it's crazy how 
you go to school from 6th to 12th grade, and you graduate, and you still don't know what you're supposed to do. These are valuable years. 6th to 12th grade are valuable years. This is uh, where you support. Yes, ma'am. Good morning. Is Samaje in there? Yes, ma'am. Uh, could you have him come to the front office, please? No problem. He's on the way. All right. Thank you. No problem. So 6th to 12th grade is very valuable years that we should be able to say, okay, God, what resource do I need to tap into? What have you placed in me that I have yet to give into you to break and to bless it so that when I graduate, man, you can even be starting right now creating businesses, creating uh, companies, creating organizations, creating nonprofits. So God can say, hey, man, now I can give it to people. Let's keep reading. Uh, his grace, they also are good rules for one to follow throughout life, especially for Christians. Christ taught his disciples an important lesson in stewardship after he miraculously fed 5,000 people. He had taken five loaves of bread and two small fish blessed them, and had his disciples distribute them to the people. Not only did they have enough food to quiet and satisfy the hunger of every person present, but also they had plenty of leftovers. He instructed the disciples to gather the leftovers so that nothing would be wasted. They gathered 12 baskets of full of leftovers. It says a steward is someone who has been entrusted with something and is expected to take care of it even improve upon it until the owner calls for it again. Let's break this down a little bit. It says here, uh, not only do they have enough food to quiet and satisfy the hunger. Right now, there are people who are hungry for what you have to offer. What happens when you feed a person? Before you can feed them, what happens before you feed them? Huh? So they come excited. Okay. That's good. And what'd you say, Gemma? So gratitude. What else happens before you feed a person? All the stuff that happens before you can feed a person. Say it again. They're hungry, yep. So they have a hunger. What else? They're expecting it. They're expecting it, yep. What else happens? Not only from the customer side, but what about the cook side? What happens before you can feed somebody? You have to prepare it, prepare and make the food. What else? You got to know what they want. What else? You got to have a restaurant. You got to have uh, uh, tools and utensils. What else you got to have? You have to good, have good, good sanitation. The skill to actually skill to cook. All this stuff can parallel to our lives. So I gotta ask them before I can feed somebody. I gotta check my uh, uh, what's the thing called sanitation score. Now most people. I ask the ladies, I don't know, some guys, y'all will eat at dirty places. But let me ask you a question. If you walk into a restaurant and you see an 87, will you eat there? Uh, isn't that low? That's real low. A 94 is low. 95 is low. So if you see a sanitation score of 87, what's going what's to come to your mind? They ain't clean. <laughs> you get your water and you see stains on the glass. You see the fork, you see water stains on it. 
You see all this, you see an 87, you be like, man, nah, I'm not going to eat that. That sanitation score, if you look at a Christian, is a Christian sanctification score. Sanctification is the second part of the, of the uh, salvation process. What's the three process of salvation? It's justification, sanctification, and glorification, right? Justification is the first part of the salvation process, meaning that God justifies me as his, as his son, justifies you as his daughter, and that justification means that you have been adopted to the family of God and nothing can separate you from him, etc., etc. Sanctification is the work of the Holy Spirit cleaning the believer to being a useful, valuable resource that God can uh, use through. That doesn't mean perfect. It just means having the right perspective, having the right patterns, right? Having the right uh, methods, right? And so a lot of people are trying to feed people with dirty hands. How can I feed my wife if I'm lustful? How can I feed my daughter if I'm selfishly ambitious? How can I feed them? How can God break me, <clears throat> excuse me, and bless me and use me as a resource if my sanctification score is low? That means it went from a place where I was on fire for God, now I'm sour for God, and I'm not effective for God. Also, I got to have the right skill. Like, skill is different than talent. What makes, di what makes talent different than skill? Talent, skill you earn, talent you inherit. Damn boy, that's deep, bro. Say it again. Skill you earn, talent you inherit. Talent you inherit. Uh, skill you earn. So all of us was born with a talent. Every one of us are talented beyond measure. Many of us got multiple types of talents. Some of us have an abundance. All of us got talents. But skill means I'm so good at this, you'll pay me good for this. That's how good I am. I'm so skilled, I can, I can cook this with my eyes closed. Right now, I can, I can create a message with my eyes closed. Right now, I can give you an encouragement word with my eyes closed. I'm so skilled at what I do that people don't mind coming to my restaurant to eat because they know he's 10 for 10 every single time. Even on two hours of sleep, I can chop this up. Like, all, this is, all this is impromptu. This wasn't planned. Most of the stuff I give you on these days, I come in, look at the verse, look at this, and I chop it up, and it's all over the board. It's skill. Skill is where people will really begin to bless you. Like, God wants to uh, break people, break them open, let them see what's in them, bless what's in them, and then make a skill out of it. Because skill will take you way up the hill of life. Also, I got to have the tools and utensils to feed somebody. Imagine me coming to your restaurant, ain't nothing worse than you get your food and then all of a sudden. Okay, yeah, come on, Jen. Yeah, you, you go to a restaurant, you, get, you got your to go, you got your takeout plate. You go outside, you, you, well, me, I, don't, you know, I, I eat within, within, within two to three miles of the restaurant. I don't like to eat inside. I'll go park my car somewhere, you know, open the sunroof, crack the windows a little bit, and then I look in the bag. You ain't put no fork, no utensils in there, fam. Now I'm out here. I'm out here alone, <laughs> and I got I got sesame chicken and rice. I can't eat that with hands. You ain't give me no utensils. You ain't give me no tools to enjoy the delicacies. You ain't give me that. So imagine people buy from you, enjoy you, but you don't really provide them the tools. See, I can be motivational all day long, but if I don't give you practical ways. When you drive off from my restaurant, how will you be able to apply? What we put here? 
I got, I got to actually prepare and make the food. Preparation is the key to success. Today fails because we didn't prepare yesterday. So I have to prepare. I just got to make the food. No, nobody get, goes to the grocery store and then breathes on it and the meal is hot and ready to go. No, you actually got to prepare. Right now, as young people, y'all are blessed with the opportunity to prepare your menu. To prepare what you're going to offer. Right now, what's on your menu? What do you, provi- what do you provide? Now, let me ask you this question. What's the first thing you look for on the menu? For you, personally, at a restaurant. What's the, what, you know, what's the first thing you look for? Oh, drinks. Drinks? Why you look, at, why you look for the drinks? Because you don't got Ooh, you don't got that peach lemonade. You're not certified. No peach lemonade. Why you say size? Yeah, if your size is lacking, man. I'm at the door. What else y'all look for? Ladies, what y'all look for when y'all go? Y'all went to the restaurant. What y'all look for? Appetizers. Well, girls love appetizers, but y'all, y'all something else. Y'all, y'all, one thing about y'all, y'all will appetize. <laughs> go ahead and go. What type of appetizer you look for? Uh, hey, look, artichoke. Something filled. small. Something small. Something like. What's your favorite appetizer? I don't have a favorite one. I know that everywhere I go, I get spinach dip. Spinach dip. Gotcha, gotcha. What else? Yes, sir. No, I'm about to say my favorite appetizer. Appetizer sometimes better than the meal. Oh, sometimes. It's, it's the Texas Royals bread. Texas oh, don't have the bread. The bread, the bread. So if they don't got a good bread, well, I ain't gonna break my bread. Well, that's you don't bread. Yeah, man, you gotta have good bread because the bread free. The bread, man, your bread gotta be good. Now, so what I'm saying is, all of us have a restaurant. Come up with a restaurant name. If you had, a, if you owned a restaurant, would be a restaurant name. Five Kitchen? Five's Kitchen? Okay, Five's Kitchen. Okay. <laughs> What's your restaurant name? <clears throat> Lana's? Lana's Fine Dining? You say LED's Kitchen? LJ's Kitchen. LJ's Kitchen. Okay, LJ. Fried chicken and waffles at LJ's. <laughs> what else? What's another restaurant? Well, give me a name. Give me some more names. Ezzyville's. Yep, yep. Biscuits and gravy. <laughs> uh, what else? Give a name of your restaurant. If you had a restaurant, what would you name? Jeremiah's. <laughs> Jeremiah's. Nah, the Jeremiah sounds good, bro. That's like a good diner, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. He said you don't you don't want to be in that Waffle House category. Basically, what basically what I'm saying is. You, Jerry's. Jerry's. <laughs> Jerry's. Chris, your restaurant, Jerry's. Dang, Jerry's. Jerry's got. Jerry's got bowling, bowling, and. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, is that each and every one of you all, you got to visualize yourself as a restaurant, and you have to say, okay, on my menu, this is what I will give you. This is what I have to offer. Look at your appetizers. Look at, look at your main entree. Look at your desserts. Look at your drinks. And say, okay, when people come and eat from me and, and order from me, uh, what, what, what would quench that? What would, give them, what would I give them first? How's my bread? How's, how's my meals? That's something I think about because God sees you that way. He wants you to view yourself based upon how you will serve people. And when, pe- when you serve people, the natural return is they serve you how? By paying financially. And so the order of life is, is to know what type of resource you are, give it to the source, 
allow the source to break it open and then bless what's in it and then send it back out through the resource with a good sanctification score, with tools and utensils, with preparation. And, and uh, let's go through the rest of this point, knowing what they want. You got to know what your people want. Like, imagine me serving y'all apologetics, deep theological words that's 50 letters long. I'm going to be like, Mr. Ez, we just ninth graders. If I'm in another arena, if I'm at a college, if I'm at a whatever, I can talk those big words. I can talk apologetics. I can talk extra deep and they'll understand. But if I'm talking in front of you all and I'm trying to serve you that, it's going to go over your head. Right? So I got to know what my audience wants. I got to know what the child, but that's why I try to say, okay, let me bring some rappers in this conversation. Let me bring some football players in this conversation. Let me bring LeBron in here sometime. Let me bring, let me bring different things that you guys are familiar with because that's the only way I'm going to get you. Right? You also got to know that people come expecting from you. That's one thing about it is I think people are scared to reveal themselves because now when people really know that you're good at something, now you have to work because people are expecting. If I came in here and slept Every single time in front of you, I'm like, Mr. Azzy, man, give us that good word, bro. Y'all know what's expected from me. If I came in here with an attitude four days in a row, y'all gonna be like, what happened to Mr. Azzy? What happened to him? Mr. Azzy, what's the vibe at? I know what's expected of me. It don't matter if I got two hours of sleep. It don't matter what it is. I know what's expected of me. It doesn't matter if the cook has a bad day. That chicken and waffles better be good. If you go to your favorite restaurant, your feelings would be hurt. Sometimes when I used to go to Waffle House all the time, I'll drive by. And this guy is such a chubby guy that I can see him through the window at the light. You know where the cook, the cooks be right there. I'll be like, if my mans ain't cooking, I ain't looking. I'll look over there. If I see big boy there, oh, man, the clicker on my car, I'm going making a left. Because that guy right there, man, makes my hash browns perfectly. Man, my waffles be just be be uh be just so fl- like lightly fluffy, man. I mean, be hot and fresh. My eggs good, you know, like everything. Cause I know I've had other cooks, and it's unfortunate you can have three different cooks in an establishment and have three different outcomes of a meal. That's why Chick Fil A keeps their menu simple, because they know for a fact that this chicken sandwich has to come out the same ever for always, cause people are expecting. They're chicken a certain kind of way. So you got to know, hey, man, what's expected of me? And who do you go to to find out what's expected of you? God. It says right here, it says, uh, a steward is someone who has been entrusted with something and is expected to take care of it, even improve upon it, until the owner calls for it again. One day the owner is going to call you to heaven. This is the realest thing you got to process as a young person because nobody's going to escape this conversation with God. None of us will escape it. And God's going to be like, what did you do with what I entrusted to you? That's an awkward conversation. You know how awkward you feel when you got your grades and the grades are going out and your parents saying, why do you have these grades and that type of feeling you have? Because your phone might be taken away or they may get that, take that belt off. Whatever it is, that type of fear you feel when you haven't done what's expected is 20 billion times more awkward and more worse than stand before God and not have a return on what he has expected or entrusted in you. That's why it behooves you to right now say, God, what kind of resource am I? What am I supposed to do? 
Who am I supposed to serve? How, who, how far should I go to make sure that my sanctification score is high? How can, what tools and utensils will I give my people? What, how do I need to prepare this meal for people? Who do, what do they even want? Because God says one day when I call you home, and it's time for you to stand before me, ain't going to be no excuses. Do you know that one excuse is going to flower God? Why? He knows you. Number two, he says, I don't care what you went through. I don't care if you was abused, molested, rejected, abandoned, slapped, picked on. It don't matter. I called you. That's real talk right there. That's, that's why I go so hard. I, don't care. I have no excuse. I can't go before God and be like, I ain't going to feed your people because I'm sleepy. I go hard because I know one day he's going to say, why didn't you serve what they needed? A steward is someone who has been entrusted with some. He's entrusted. So uh, 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 why? Uh, what is what is it? How can I put this? Um, what makes someone trustworthy? We'll start there. Actions. Yep. Go ahead, Nate. Proof of loyalty. What else? Protection. Yep. You say what? Reputation. Reputation. My bad. It could have went. Yeah. Evidence. Evidence. Right. All those are great. Right. So God must obviously see some of that in us. Uh, he says, I'm going to entrust in you this resource, very valuable resource. But, but God, it ain't, it ain't like Mr. Ezra's. It ain't like Stephanie's. It ain't like, it ain't like Jeremiah's. It ain't like, it ain't like this person. It ain't like Justice. It ain't, it, ain't, it ain't like Landis. It ain't like this person. But God said, I don't care. Because somewhere, somebody sees it as valuable. Nobody's going like what them whatever they make the phones out of whatever like what's the what's 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 uh bronze going to gold saying I wish I was gold but there's something bronze makes bronze valuable it may not be as valuable as gold worldwide but to a particular area in, in that world it's worth a lot so God saying man listen I put that in you fam because I, I I believe that you can do it I knew I know you can do it like doubt is dangerous. I don't doubt my gifts, man. This year, I'll be a multimillionaire. Facts. It's not a question. This year, because my gifts are that valuable. I ain't worrying about it. I know for a fact that I'm going to be successful. There's no doubt about it. I know for a fact, because I know if God entrusted in me, when it's my time to shine, ain't no, ain't no question. But one thing I refuse to do is stand before him empty-handed. And God lists off all my talents, but but God, but everybody picked on me. God's like, I don't care about what they say. I expected you it from you anyway. That's something you got to process because he entrusted you with something to expect to take care of it. I got to take care of my words. I got to say, okay, I got to, I'm in a thesaurus every day. I'm in a dictionary every day. I'm reading every day because I have to steward this thing called words. I'm learning different fluctuations. I'm learning uh, cadence. I'm learning paces. I'm trying to uh, master my rhyming skills because, because it, 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 there's something valuable when you can get the quotables. I'm, I want to be Mr. Quotable, that when he talks, I can take a quote from him and I can change my life with it. I'm mastering words because that's my resource. So right now, uh, what's his name for the Baltimore Ravens? Um, huh? Lamar Jackson, right? They ain't paid the man, right? He says, y'all want me to go out there and play, but the bulk of my game is with my legs. If the bulk of my game is with my legs, and you, want, and you ain't paid me, and you think I'm going to go out there and risk that? 
That's a smart man. Because he knows the type of game he plays is not like Tom Brady. It's not like a pocket passer. So he knows I got to protect my resource, which is my athleticism with my legs. I have to protect that. And if you ain't going to pay for it, that means you're not. So what happens if I get injured? What happened to RG3? And, he, and how reckless was he on the field? Totally reckless. And now where is he at? In the booth. Not on the field. So when you know your resource, you're protected. Like, for instance, when I play basketball, if I tweak my ankle one time, uh, no, I'm good. I ain't young no more. Nah, I'm good because I got to go to work. <laughs> I, if, I, if I keep playing on this bad angle, I'm a bad reason. I got to make sure no matter what girl in DMs, no matter what girl. No, 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 no. You ain't going to mess with me as a resource, as a husband. Nah, I got to protect that. I got to protect myself as a resource as a father. Like right now, I am a resource. I have to father. I have to husband. That, that, but that means I have to go to God and say, God, continue to break me. Continue to bless what I have to give so that when, I re- when my wife receives it, when my daughter receives it, when you all receive it every day, y'all going to be like, man, that's a great resource right there. So what's your resource? What are you supposed to offer the world? Is it athleticism? Are you so good with academics? You're good with numbers. You can, you can take a business to the next level. Are you an entrepreneur where you can see a need and meet a need? Are you a person that's a good consultant, a good counselor? Are you a person that's good with words? Are you a person that's, that's good with kids? Are you good with widows? What is your resource? Because if you don't know who you are, you won't never tap into your source. And God said, I want to break that insecurity off of you. I want to break that pride off of you. I want to break that arrogance off of you. I want to break that low, low, low self-esteem off of you. And I want to get to the seed. I want to get to what I'm putting you. And I want to bless it. God wants you to wants to bless your gift, man. Like, what's the difference between anointing and talent? What's the difference between being anointed and being talented? Anointing comes along and Say it again. Anointing comes along That's good. That's good. That's half of it, though. Yep. Yeah. Let me make a plan. That's good. Let me see where my, where my pen, my marker at. So basically, a no, talent, let me make it plain because I'm a foodie. Talent is a chicken wing by itself. Dry. Fried, but dry. Anointing is the sauce on the wings. What's your favorite sauce on wings? Honey mustard. Zaxby sauce. Oh, chicken tenders. It don't matter. Chicken tenders or wings. What's your favorite sauce, right? Everyone's talented, <laughs> but not everybody's saucy. Saucy means there's something on him. There's something on her that makes her or him more flavorable, flavorful, that makes him more impactful, that makes her more something special about her. Like anointing comes when, when, when you allow God to dip you in the pan because <laughs> you've been in his hands. And now... What used to be dry and just bare chicken is now flavored, right? That flavoring people crave. Some of y'all right now, y'all, y'all know for a fact you'll be mad if they ain't put you. When I take Chris Chick-fil-A, Chris, his sister's Chick-fil-A, how many sauces you ask for? Four sauces, why? Option. So you, you, you'll just get fries and still be asking for sauce, right? Right? Because you know fries alone for him without the sauce it ain't the best experience. 
Right? So when you with God, God put sauce on me. Like, like make me to the point to where does everybody like uh mild? Does everybody like Parmesan, uh, garlic Parmesan? Does everybody like honey mustard? Does everybody like ketchup? Not everybody. So whoever craves you, don't necessarily crave you, they crave the sauce on you. Because the sauce is what adds to it. So when you with God <clears throat> and you allow God to shake you and bake you and, and sauce you, then when people bite from your life, they're going to be like, man, that's some good sauce right there. When you bite a chicken with sauce on, do you praise the chicken or you praise the sauce more? It depends. You're right. You're right. I went down the wrong path. Y'all, y'all smart kids. I, I thought I was gonna get one hundred percent like sauce, but no, no. So we'll backtrack that. What I'm trying to say is, is that get the good sauce on you, man. You know what I'm saying? Go to God and spend time with God, man. Like, like. Okay, when chicken is cooked well, well they, before they cook the chicken, what do the most people do with their chicken? Uh-uh. Marinated. marinated. What's marinated? Uh, it's so <laughs> <laughs> I said the word. Go ahead, girl. Go ahead. Good. It's soaked. It's soaked. What you was going to say? The same thing. He's soaking like seasoning or something like that. And when it's marinated in it, what happens? It takes it in. It absorbs it. Meditate and marinate is the same thing. I, I got to sit in a word for a while. So that when people taste my life, like imagine me, there's two types of people. You got a person who didn't, hasn't gone through nothing, the person that's gone through what you're going through. You go to a Christian that hasn't gone through what you're going through, what are they going to give you? 15 scriptures? They're going to they're be like, ah, you should be over that, right? You don't want to go to those people. But if it's someone that's been through what you've been through, they're going to look in your eyes and be like, I feel exactly what you feel. It's a different type because I've marinated that before. And when people bite from me, like they're going to be like, you've been where I've been. Like, like, you know what this feels like. And that's what's good about marinating in God. Like, you got to soak in the sauce. You got to marinate in that brine. You got to marinate in that, so uh, that, in, that, in that source. And so that when you marinate in the source, then when the source puts the sauce on you, not only are you flavor, or not only does the sauce give you flavor, you're flavorful as a chicken yourself. See how I put that back together? I, was, I went down the wrong path about five minutes ago, came back with a different metaphor and brought it together. The chicken got to be marinated too. Because like you said, you can have a good sauce but a bad chicken. But if I marinate in a sauce, allow him to break me and then bless me and then sauce me, people lying outside your door, generational wealth, your people got money, you got money, you're successful and the kingdom is advancing through your life. Any questions? All right, we're done.